So we come to our next message, our next item of, of business, if you like, on the Growing Young, Growing with Jesus series that we're doing as a church as a whole, across the house groups, across, across the sermons for this next few weeks. We're taking Jesus's message seriously today. That's where we are this morning. And we want to think about how that helps us grow with Jesus, but also how it helps us grow young. But first, of course, we always start with a joke, and we like to just ease you into the message. And so this is the joke for this morning. A man went to the doctor with, with stomach problems. He, he was having real kind of problems. And the doctor asked him what his diet was, and the man said, well, I only eat pool balls. The doctor looked at him and went, pool balls? What do you mean? And he said, yes, I, I only eat red ones for breakfast. I have yellow and orange ones for lunch. I have blue for an afternoon snack, and then purple and black for dinner. Straight away, the doctor says, ah, I see the problem. You're not eating enough greens. We don't like it, do we, when we go to the doctor and he tells us we need to change the way that we're living. I think when we come to Jesus, sometimes, for me especially, when he comes to me and speaks to me, often I am challenged and nudged to go back to what he has said and what he is saying. And that does mean that sometimes I have to change my life. As a church, we are here to know Jesus and to make him known. This is about discipleship and evangelism. We want to be a community centered around Jesus. We want to be a community that welcomes all without judgment and points them to Jesus and to come to Jesus and to listen to his message truthfully as the Bible reveals it. Jesus is our message and people are our heart. But the problem for many today, you and I included, is that we have a religion that Jesus is not at the heart of it, that actually our, our faith, our religion, is, is dominated by just almost being nice about doing good things and hoping that will return to us. The, the, the researchers, the theologians, call this the religion of MTD. And the religion MTD is something that puts young people off. Folks who are young who've experienced it think they don't want any of Jesus because of this MTD. Well, I hear you asking, what is MTD? It is moralistic therapeutic deism. That's the, the big technical name. But basically, moralistic, you have to do good things. Therapeutic, if you do good things, you'll feel better. And deism, God's involved, but he's not really involved. God is there in the world around us. We believe that God is there, but he's not really involved in our lives. If you like, God is seen as some sort of heavenly butler to provide all the good things for us in life and actually not mentioning Jesus. But then you could also throw in the golden rule gospel. The golden rule gospel, which is Luke 6, verse 31. Do unto others what you would have done to you. Do good things and good things will come to you. And interestingly, both of these are toxic to faith. 
It's all about right living, doing the right thing, than actually right believing. We make God an ice cream seller who does some sort of hocus pocus that gives us exactly what we want at that time. And when he doesn't give us that, we reject him. This is not the God that's revealed in the Bible. This is not the God who is the Father of Jesus Christ. This is not the Father of the Trinity. So let's look at Jesus' call. Jesus' call reveals so much. As he calls his disciples and as he begins his ministry, he's speaking into our hearts today as well. So we read from Mark chapter 1, verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. He was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, with whom I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is his first and enduring message of his ministry. Repent and believe. Turn back to God and believe what he's doing. Believe the good news. Believe the good news of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. So we see Jesus, we see Jesus coming. We see the Father sending the Spirit upon him and speaking words of truth and hope over him. Then he's sent into the wilderness for 40 days. He, he, he is tempted by Satan. He's ministered to by the angels. And then, then he comes and he is right into his ministry. And he's calling out to the people, repent and believe. And he calls his disciples to follow him. I always feel sorry for their father Zebedee, who's left in the boat with a hired man as, as James and John leave. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough gig, but sometimes that's what Jesus calls us to do. That when he calls us to follow, that we're called to leave everything else and follow him. It's not that he, he won't give us, he won't backfill, if you like, the stuff that we need. Maybe he won't. But Jesus, as he calls us to follow, desires us to put him first. To put him first, and there is the challenge. The challenge to put him first when he says, follow me and drop in everything else so that you're fulfilling your ministry as he calls you. I think we need to make some changes in how we disciple and tell others about Jesus. Jesus is compelling. Christianity is bland. Jesus is radical and challenging. Christianity can be off-putting or it can be very nice, but it can also be kind of repellent. So what do we do as Christian brothers and sisters as we're trying to follow Jesus? And if we are folks beginning the journey, what do we do? 
Well, we, we focus more on Jesus than abstract beliefs. We focus more on Jesus than traditions, that we see Jesus at the center of the story of God, and that actually we're all part of that same story. Jesus makes sense of this Bible. As you look from beginning to end, it is the story of Jesus, and it's the story of God's redemption plan for the world. We need to see that in the Bible there is an unlikely clan full of people who make mistakes and fall down in sin, and that we are part of that clan. We're on that journey together. And if we want to connect with all ages, but especially with the next generation, we need to recognize that salvation is not just for eternity, but it is for the here and now, that we can be transformed in the here and now to be more like Jesus. And to be more like Jesus makes us better as the people we are. And who of us doesn't want to become a better version of us? The gospel is for every part of life. It's not some sort of transaction. It's not saying a simple prayer and then adds it done. We're in heaven. Salvation is about every part of life. The gospel is about a new way of life that has present as well as eternal implications. We're not just being saved for heaven. We want to make a difference in the here and now. We want to be the good news for Dalkeith. And that's something that young people respond to. They don't want to just go through the motions. They want to be challenged and they're desperate to make a difference in their lives. And the church has a role to play. You and I have a role to play. Everyone gets to play. It's not like that game when you're picked last or you're left on the bench and you don't get a game. Every one of us gets to play. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, speaks about how we are a body, that we're a body built up under Jesus, and every part of us has a function and a role. And look to Jesus. If we want to be serious about taking Jesus' message seriously, we need to look to Jesus. We need to read about Jesus. We need to pray to Jesus. We need to let Jesus speak to us. And we need to recognize that sometimes his message is tough. When he calls us to follow, he also says that we are to take up our cross daily. Jesus took up his cross and he died. So when we take up our cross, we are dying ourselves for his glory. Jesus' message is not about fire insurance. It's not about scraping over the line. It's not about allowing Jesus to be some sort of middle class suburban hero. But it's about taking his message seriously and recognizing that he calls us into tough places. It's also recognizing that we will suffer. It's also recognizing that Jesus suffered. And as Jesus suffered and died, we may have to suffer and die in whatever way that looks. But it means that we're taking the message seriously and other people will see it and other people will want to know more. As we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, 
we do discover that Jesus has some tough things to say and he calls us to follow into the hard places that he went. Jackie Pullinger went to Hong Kong to work in the walled city as a 22-year-old and there was an interview a couple of weeks back where she spoke of how Jesus says that we are to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. I quite like that. It's not about safety. It's not about feeling better about ourselves. This journey with Jesus is about helping the lost be found. There was a story of a, a, a student, Ian, who took his Bible to school. And another kid saw the Bible and nicked it off him and said, I'm going to burn this Bible. And Ian didn't, didn't lose his temper. He just said, well, what is it that you believe in that you would feel that you wanted to do that? And when he asked him that straightforward question, the kid got annoyed. He got angry. He chucked his Bible back to him and, and stormed off. But it's interesting that, that sometimes we, we step back from just asking a pertinent or probing question to help other people discover what Jesus means to them. And sometimes we do just need to do that. We need to be open and ask people questions. To take time to listen, but just to ask, well, what do you think? What do you believe? and see what happens. Because if we're honest and open, and then if we're honest and open about our own struggles and our own doubts, then people respond. It's amazing how if we are honest and open, that we want to share about how we have joy and contentment, then people want to know more. Because Jesus is not about being moralistic or being therapeutic or, or having deism or even the golden rule gospel. Having Jesus is finding that he feeds our souls. And as we find that bread of life, we point others who are starving to the bread of life. So what does this mean for us as church? Well, I think from all our ministries, from, from our children's ministry to our teen ministry to our house groups to the sermons, the messages on a Sunday, we need to always talk about Jesus and to let people ask questions, to let people be open about doubts and struggles and know that we don't have all the answers. Young people want to speak about their doubts and that's okay. It's good to speak about doubts because Doubt isn't toxic to faith. Silence is toxic to faith. Be honest and open about your own struggles and let other people be honest and open about their struggles too as they walk with Jesus. Soren Kierkegaard once said, how can a person who's already a Christian become a Christian? Now, what was he meaning about this? Well, he was saying, how can a person who's already been part of a church and grown up in it all, how can he become a Christian? To those who have grown up in church that have a second-hand faith. And some of us have, have, have been there. Maybe we are there still. We've just grown up in it all, or we've, we've kind of been grafted in, and we've not really 
thought about much lately. We just tend to go through the motions. We want to grow as Christians. We want to become more like Jesus. We want to be transformed by him. And that means that we have to listen to him and take his message seriously. And also, to do that, we need to listen to others to help them grow, to meet with Jesus afresh and anew. Welcome questions. Help people develop a thinking faith. This is the joy of Alpha. We run Alpha. We're running Alpha just now online. And the joy of it is that, that you're encouraged to just ask questions and not give answers. Because when you give answers, you sometimes close people down. Let people explore their faith. Speak about Jesus. Speak about the work of the Holy Spirit. And if they ask you of your faith, you're like a witness at the court. You tell what you've seen. I wonder, does our language in the church always come back to Jesus? Does our language, does our language with each other focus on Jesus? Do we talk about the main mundane stuff or do we want to bring Jesus into every conversation? We want to show in our lives that we're obedient to Jesus, that we follow him. We're obedient not so that we can somehow earn our way to heaven, but we're obedient because of the grace that flows to us we want to trust and obey through gratitude. So we want to live the life, we want to speak the life of Jesus. We want to be prepared for the tough times because it is not always easy. The Christian walk is not meant to be all rainbows and unicorns. The Christian walk is through suffering, through that dark valley, yet we walk through it with the one who's been there and he will lead us through and he will give us the joy and the peace and the contentment that we need. Salvation, I think, is a journey. Salvation is a journey. If you look at the two kind of salvation differences in the New Testament, you've got Paul, who's on the road to Damascus. Bam, God met with him. He was changed forever. It was like a total turnaround. And that happens, but it's maybe not as, as common as maybe we put emphasis on. If we look at Peter, if we look at, in fact, all the disciples, we will see that their salvation was a journey. Peter fell down many times, yet he got up. And Jesus gave him the keys to the kingdom. And for you and I, salvation is a journey. There will be many times when we fall. There will be many times where we make mistakes, we sin, we fall short. But the strength comes to help us to stand again and to walk again. And I wonder, where are you in this journey? Young people respond if you share honestly with integrity. You are like a midwife when it comes to faith questions. Other people have questions about the message of Jesus, but you have to let them work it out, and you're there to help them push on. Being a disciple of Jesus, knowing who to believe in, and how we live it up, 
and refusing to give up is what it's all about. And also refusing to give up on others as God never refuses to give up. God refuses to give up on you. All of this is about Jesus, about taking him seriously when he says, follow me, and knowing that sometimes things will be hard. It's not easy, but in it all, like Paul when he was in chains in prison, he can say, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. In other words, in the toughest times, we can keep on going. He will fill us with joy. He will fill us with contentment. And that is the good news. That he never gives up on us. And that he gives us a peace that the world cannot understand. In closing, I was listening to Francis Chan, a pastor across America. And Francis was speaking about how our lives should demand an explanation. And I've really been challenged by that. Am I living a life that demands an explanation for the way that I live? As Christians, we all should be living a life that demands an explanation. That people will ask us, why are you doing that? How are you living that way? Why are you doing it that way and not this way? So that we can explain the good news. So that we can explain the love and the trust that we have in Jesus Christ. We want, we want to live lives that demand an explanation so that others will hear the good news and that their lives will be transformed and that God's kingdom will come. So we invite you to take the message of Jesus seriously. Soak in his word. Soak in the Bible. Read a gospel this week. Spend time in prayer listening to what he has to say. Take serious the message of Jesus. Look at his life. Keep him as your focus. May he be our church's focus in all that we do. Let us never take our eyes off him. He is calling us to follow him, to pick up our cross daily. This is what salvation is. Joy, peace, contentment in the midst of suffering in the midst of good times, in all things we can do through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. For us, for our children, for our children's children, and for our children's children's children, may we, may we help spread the message of Jesus as we take it seriously in you. Let us pray. Father God, I just pray that as we look to Jesus, as we see what he has done for us, and as we hear his words as he speaks to us, Lord, that we will take it seriously, that we will allow you, we will allow you in to do a work in us, to set your people free. So as you work in us, Lord, I pray that you will do amazing things through us for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.